This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Noplaton. This show is for C-level executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and speakers who have found success, but they don't have the life that they want. On this weekly show, we're gonna be talking about business skills to have more business while we design our ideal life and have more life. More business, more life without sacrifice. Welcome to the show. Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. And today our special guest is Noah St. John. And I wanna tell you that this is gonna be an amazing discussion because you know Noah grew up in a very poor family and was as able now to been able to generate over $2.7 billion. And that's income for himself and all of his clients. This is a cumulative thing, but it's but it's it's really, really big. And this also comes from a person that in his 20s was deciding to take his own life. So we have this special moment that that didn't happen, thankfully. And now we're there. But we know in 2020 that this is going through a lot of people's minds and we want to express that, hey, there are tough times. But then what do we do about it? And we're going to go into detail and what Noah uh, has done. So let's jump into this podcast. Noah, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm excited. Thanks, Steve. Great to be here with you. Yeah, it's been a while. Like, I think I did we meet in like 2010? I remember it was Awesomeness Fest, which which is an awesome place to meet, right? <laughs> well, I had the opportunity to speak there uh, a few times at Awesomeness Fest. So yeah, that was uh, one of the places where we were. And uh, I know we've seen each other at many conferences over the years, so it's uh, great to great to be on the show with you. Thank you so much, and thank you for being here. And I I think you know what prompted me the most to have you on the show is obviously it's called More Business, More Life. And when I think of your background, all the things you've been doing since the '90s, you know that you really showcase this that you can have the life that you want. And with More Business, More Life, I'm I'm big on not sacrificing. In fact, for me. And I'd love to hear your opinion, but when I'm when I find myself sacrificing, that's an indicator that uh, I might be on the wrong path. Not that I want to give up on my dream, you know. So I, my whole saying is, don't give up on your dream, but be willing to change the path, you know, that that you get there. And so the idea behind this show is that we can have both. We can have our abundance, and we can have the life that we want. So I, just first off, I don't know your opinion around that. Like how, how do you uh, find your indicators when you're on path or off path? Yeah, Steve. I mean, that, that is so true. I, I really love what you just said. And I do love the topic, more business, more life, because that is something that I work with my coaching clients on all the time. I work with entrepreneurs, but also organizations, companies, and associations, because that's something we're all looking for right now is how can I reach my business goals, my financial goals, without having to sacrifice my family, without having to sacrifice my my friends, my social life, without having to sacrifice my freedom. And, you know, that's something that I think we're all looking for right now. In fact, you know, like one of the things that I do is I, I have a program called the Online Business Retreat, where we teach exactly that, because it's so crucial 
that people need to understand that when we talk about sacrifice, there are different types of that. So in other words, there, <laughs> how can I put this? Like you, you, when you want to reach a goal, like losing weight, let's just use that as an easy example, okay. right? You may have to stop eating junk food. That's a pretty obvious thing, right? But in business, a lot of times people think because you see a lot of the gurus out there and they always talk about the hustle and the grind. They're hustling and they're grinding. They're hustling and grinding. And it's like, do I get to have a life? Yeah. Or is it all about the hustling and grinding? You know, I'm like, I'm tired over here. You know, do I ever get to live? And so what I like to remind my coaching clients, both, you know, one-on-one and in groups and in virtual events is, listen, what's the purpose of your business? Your purpose of your business should be to serve your life, not the other way around. It shouldn't be that you are living to work. And see, my dad was a workaholic. And so I have those tendencies too, because, you know, um, I come from a poor background. I grew up poor in a rich neighborhood. But my, my father comes from Czechoslovakian peasant stock. <laughs> That's his dad. His parents were Czechoslovakian, you know, peasants literally in Czechoslovakia. So, you know, I'm, I'm a second generation American. Actually, my father was born in Canada. But nevertheless, my point is that, you know, that, that work, 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 work all the time was just pounded into my head when I was a kid. So that's been one of the challenges that I've had. And I see many people have this is living, living to work as opposed to making sure your business serves your life. You've just nailed a statement that I say is design the choose the life you want and design your business around that, not the other way around. And I, and you and I both know so many people we're talking, you know, millions and millions. I, I'm probably, I mean, we probably could say the B, the B word, probably a billion people. They, they go for the money. They go for whatever career. Once I, you know, how many CEOs have you and I both talked to that we thought, Oh, when I reach CEO, or then I'll have the life. And then it's like, no, actually you just reached the starting line. Now you're the CEO. Good, good luck. Here you go. And you create like basically like a treadmill that you don't know how to get off of. That, that's right. And so going back to that idea of designing your life first and then your business to serve that, you know, so many people I know uh, are watching this program, Steve, and you know, they, they want those kind of those kind of insights, the tips, the strategies, the how-tos of, well, how do I do that? And I think most importantly is realizing first that you can do that because, you know, like I was just saying, so many people that I coach, whether they're CEOs, whether they're solopreneurs, whether entrepreneurs or uh, companies, associations, teams, you know, C-suite teams, they are so focused on that bottom line, but they forget that that's not really the purpose of life. I don't think, uh, I don't, I hope not. <laughs> well, I, I'm <laughs> I with <hope> you. <laughs> I'm with you. I think we're, we're meant to live. And the, the more we get away from living on this planet, then the, the, the more we get away from the, the essence of life. And I think you're, it's calling for us. And that's, I think that's why people get so tired. And so, and you know, you're right. Yeah. Like going back a few things that you said, there are so many, I, there are people right now, maybe even recording at the same time we're recording. And they're telling people, I've heard it so many times, even now, if you're not working 18 hour days, you're not an entrepreneur, like totally. actually putting that as part of the definition. Totally. And totally. I, and I, and I, I'm, you know, we, no wonder we connected so much because my background, uh, we're Italian immigrants and with very little Southern Italians, very poor came and started a life here in America. And it, and I was following the same pattern. 
And so now with all your success, you know, having created billions of dollars, you know, between yourself and all your clients and all the things. And I think you have like, what, 15 books, I think now. So, you know, just, and there's so many things that we can talk about that success. What I'm most curious of first is, you know, what was the turning point for you? Like, did you just watch your dad and say, that's not for me? And you started off right away? Or did you start out following his footsteps and working really hard? And then you changed? I'm just really curious that if you could say what it was like before all this success for you. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, I did. I grew up poor in a rich neighborhood. And I know that's a total cliche, but it's totally true. I grew up in a little town called Kennebunkport, Maine which just happens to be one of the wealthiest communities in New England. But my family was dirt poor. And I mean that literally because we lived in a, at the bottom of a dirt road in a drafty, unfinished house that my parents actually ended up losing to foreclosure. So, you know, you hear these stories all the time of speakers, they get on stage or, you know, they get on these programs. And they say, well, we were poor, but we were happy. We didn't know we were poor. Well, in my family, Steve, we freaking knew we were poor because <laughs> My mother reminded us every day that we were poor and miserable. So no, it wasn't happy. It sucked. <laughs> so, yeah. like, no, it wasn't fun at all. It was awful. <laughs> but so I, I hated that life of poverty and fear and lack, not enoughness. That's what I grew up with in my family. But right down the street, I saw that there was great wealth and abundance, literally, like down the street. I'm like, why is it? You know, you hear uh, speakers also say this all the time. Well, the secret to success is hard work. You know, you just mentioned it. You know, just work hard and you'll be successful. Yeah. Oh, my, my parents worked, both of them worked really, really hard. And they were never successful. So I'm like, that, that's not it either, right? So yeah. hard work, no, that's not the answer. And so from a very young age, I, I just hated that, that poverty, that fear. And because I saw there was another way to live. And so right. I was like, well, how do I get there? And so I am a nerd. Just, you know, that's what I am. I, I love reading books. I love studying. I love getting down to the, you know, the molecular level and just figuring things out. I just have to roll up my sleeves and figure it out. So I just went to the library and started reading every book I could on success, self-help, personal growth, you know, Dale Carnegie, Napoleon Hill, Stephen Covey, all the classics, right? And I really, really tried to put them to work. But as hard as I worked, as hard as I tried, I just couldn't seem to put it together. And, and I was really struggling. I was doing all these survival jobs. At the, at the age of 25, I was so frustrated. I'd been trying all these things for so many years. I... I actually decided to commit suicide. I decided to take my own life at the age of 25 because I was so frustrated. You know, when you, when you work hard and sacrifice and you have success, that leads to the feeling of satisfaction, right? right. But when you work hard and sacrifice and you don't have that success, that just leads to frustration and, and depression most of the time. That's certainly what it was for me. So I, I did. I just decided to, I'm done with this life. Now, at the very last moment, I, my life was spared. I, I talk about that story in, in my books and in my programs. Um, but my point is, I didn't know why I was still here, but I realized that I must be here for a reason. And I didn't know what it was. So I decided to devote the rest of my life to serving God and serving humanity as best I could while I was still here on the earth. But I didn't know why I was here on the earth. I still didn't know my purpose. So I went on another long journey to try to find my purpose. Why am I here? So I, I started, I went back to the library, started reading more books, but this time the spiritual books like Louise Hay. Neil Donald Walsh, Marianne Williamson, Deepak Chopra, you know, the spiritual thinkers of our times, Ernest Holmes and people like that. So in 1997, that's when that was really the, the next turning point for me when I, I was a 30-year-old college student. And I had really the epiphany that changed my life when I discovered uh, what became known as the affirmations method, not affirmations, but as you can see here, affirmations. 
And, um, you know, many years later, my, you know, one of my books was published by Hay House called The Book of App Formations. I'm sure you're right. familiar with Hay yeah. House Publishers. I was definitely going to bring this up because yeah. I think it's so amazing yeah. what you so, came up with. Anyway, yep. so that's, that really was the turning point there for me of, of, oh, this is why I'm here on the earth. So just to, to, to finish the, the thought, I, I started my company, uh, successclinic.com in my college dorm room with $800 to my name and a book on HTML. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no background in sales, marketing, you know, online business that didn't even really exist. I mean, I literally by accident created one of the very first personal and business growth websites on the internet, successclinic.com. And we're still around. We're still here over two decades later. And what's so funny is, you know, I just went, I'm like, I, I have this message that I want to get out to the world, but I don't know how to do that. Right. So I just, you know, would, uh, I put up a website, which was, you know, like the ugliest website you've ever seen, <laughs> you know, back in the nineties. Oh you my gosh. Me. But having a website, 90s, right? if you had a website in the nineties, that was something. So it didn't matter how it looked. It was That's like, right. wow, you have a website. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. You know, remember the, 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 <laughs> oh my gosh. So right, do right. I, so right, do yeah. I. And the, and the, the, you know, the pictures were like that big and fr video, forget video. You could never have a video, right? No this way. Yeah. Anyway. So, I mean, it's so funny because, you know, I'd go to these marketing meeting or, you know, networking meetings and like conferences and stuff like that, you know, try to learn how the heck do I do this? And I would be the youngest guy in the room. Well, now I'm the old guy, <laughs> you know, now yeah. I'm one of the OGs, right? You know, right. so I'm like, man, I kind of like being the younger guy. Better. Yeah, youngest guy in the room better. But oh well, at least I'm still here, right? Yeah, but, yeah. We'll have to find new rooms. They're probably out there. Some right, old, right, some right. old guys will invite us. Hey, <laughs> let's get some gray hairs in there. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, you know, Stephen. Just I mean, again, just to finish the thought. I mean, it, it's really been a, a very iterative, iterative process. It's been a very organic process. And um, you know, now we've had over a million people that have you know joined what we call the App Formations Revolution. You know, literally teaching people how to change their subconscious thought patterns, how to change their beliefs, change their lives. And as you mentioned, you know, we've helped our clients add over $2.7 billion as a result of my methods, meaning we've helped people, make, you know, add six figures, seven figures, and yes, even eight figures, you know, using my methods. And uh, it's just been incredible uh, to see uh, the, the transformations that have happened with people. And I love, uh, you know, reading stories and, and getting those posts on social media of people who've who've changed their lives as uh, as a result of using my methods. So it's really been, um, it's really been a, a pretty amazing journey. It's so beautiful and so thankful that you chose to stay on this planet and, and look at how many people you you've affected. And, and normally I, you know, it's, it's interesting. I kind of let these shows go where they go, but just knowing how much anxiety, stress, depression is happening right now, as we record this in 2020, you know, I, I feel like an urge to go back to that moment when you were 25. And I know it might be a sensitive subject, but I know you're a sharing man and that's what's got you on so many stages. But like, what was, was there like a specific thing that made you get to the thought of like, you know what, I'm done. Like I, I want, and I will, we, let's talk about the good side too, but you know, obviously you're here. And so we had this, this we're going to have a, a happy story at the end, but can you, um, yeah. Maybe because, you know, someone might be thinking this and I know it's happening because I've had discussions. Yeah. Some of my clients are dealing with their staff members and noticing they have suicidal thoughts. And so I think it's just a big topic right now. And the fact that you brought it up, I'm, I'm grateful that you're vulnerable and you were willing to bring that up. So, you know, what uh, do you remember? Like what the trigger point to finally like say, I'm going to throw the towel? <laughs> of course, I remember. Yes, I remember very distinctly. 
and and I just want to share it for everyone watching and listening to this program. Um, you know, I, I never actually used to share that story because I I didn't want people to take it the wrong way. I, I didn't want people. I was afraid that people would say, "Oh, he's just trying to get sympathy." Oh, he just right. wants to you know people to feel sorry for him or something like that. And I'm like, it's nothing like that. It, it, that's the exact opposite. And and what was so funny was I was on a program like this once a few years ago, Steve, and you know the the interviewer is just asking me, and for some reason it just bubbled up for me to share that story, and I'd never shared it in public anywhere. And all of a sudden, like the response that I got was was overwhelming, and people were writing in, and they were you know just messaging me, and I was like, whoa, I I didn't know this was so powerful, and I realized that I'd been keeping it to myself, like I said, out of embarrassment, out of fear whatever it was. And, and I said, okay, well, that's not coming from the place I want to come from. Right. And I, now that I am sharing my, I'm sharing that part of my story. And as you mentioned, the nice thing is it has a happy ending, you know? So hello, I'm right. still here. So yeah, like, we got good news. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's like, okay, I didn't do it. I think that's the, the punchline. So, but, but yes, I do talk with lots of people who have faced similar, you know, uh, moments in their life. So for me personally, and this, it, it sounds so stupid when I say it. So when I say it, it's going to sound ridiculous. But again, I want people to realize that, you know, it, it doesn't matter really what it is for you. For you, it may be very serious. So for me, what it was, was when I was in my 20s, um, I had, I had prior to that in my teen, uh, teens and early 20s, I had been a professional ballet dancer. So not belly dancer, ballet, B-A-L-L-E-T. Yep. So I am probably the only person in the personal and business growth industry who made a living lifting ballerinas. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one. So my point is I had a career ending injury when I was 22. I blew out my groin lifting a ballerina, literally on stage. And I lifted and it went top. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, so much for that career. Wow. So it was very short. But so after that, I'm like, I don't know what, what am I supposed to do now? Right. I'm 22 and I'm like, I don't have any real, you know, education, uh, or whatever. So I, I moved out to Los Angeles, uh, from literally from New England. I, I drove across the country to LA to become a movie star because I figured, well, if I can't dance, at least I can act. Cause that doesn't take any talent. I mean, just look at the people on screen, right? Uh, right, right. Yeah. For everyone who's an actor, please don't get mad at me. I'm, I'm kidding. Of course, <laughs> but you get my point, right? I'm right. like, Oh, come on. Anybody can do it. No, not realizing that actually it's really hard. Yeah. So my point is, I you know went out there and Hollywood was underwhelmed by my performance. Let's just put it that way. Okay. So I wasn't getting any work. And there was one, this one specific job that I was up for. And I was like, perfect for the part. It was, it involved like singing and, you know, dancing and entertaining. And I could still do a little bit, you know, move around. A of bit. course. Of course. And, and so I was like, perfect. And then, so I, I nailed the audition. The producer loved me. I'm like, yeah, I got this. And then I got a call a couple of days later and they said, well, we decided to go another way. And I'm like, why do you never go my way? You know, and that, but that was it. When I, when I heard that, I just said, I'm done. I, that was the moment that I said, I'm done and I'm, I'm out of here. And, and that was the moment that I said, I'm going to take my own life. Thank goodness. I didn't have a gun or, or anything like that. I didn't have a weapon of any kind. I was going to actually put my car in a garage and just, you know, turn it on. And there you go. Now, this was, of course, before the internet, I must have seen it on a movie somewhere or read it somewhere that, you know, that's how you do it. But what was funny, and thank goodness, ironic is that I actually was living in an apartment building that only had those open car bays. So yeah. I didn't have a garage. 
So I said, I'm going to get in my car and drive around uh, North Hollywood, California, which is where I was living, to find an open garage to pull my car in. And I actually did, believe it or not, I found an open garage that I could have just pulled my car in. And what happened was at that moment when I was going to do that deed, which of course, there's no coming back from, I, in the corner of the garage, I saw a child's bicycle. And I said, Noah, you can't do this. You can't kill yourself, asphyxiate yourself in a place that has a family. There's a child there. This is going to traumatize them for the rest of their lives, possibly. And so you, you can't do this. So at, it was like a message that yeah. I took, a message from God, the universe that says, you, you can't do this. So I just pulled away and that was, that was the last time that I contemplated suicide. And so that, again, I share that story not to be overly dramatic or something, but I really do want people to realize that if it hadn't been for that child's bicycle, I, I probably wouldn't be here right now. So I do want people to realize that there's hope. And that was the thing, Steve. And I want people to realize this. I felt so alone. That was the thing that made it, got me to that point. I felt totally alone. I didn't have anyone to talk to. I wasn't talking to my family. I really didn't have any friends, didn't have a girlfriend. So that's what I want people to realize is just reach out. But you have to take that step. You have to ask for help. And that for as many people is or can be the hardest thing to do. I understand. And and two parts to this and then a question. I uh, I feel the same, that vulnerability. We think, oh, I don't want to anybody to take pity on me. And, you know, my wife and I lost four babies between our son and our daughter. And, you know, at first you're like, oh, don't talk about that. That's not fun stuff to talk about. But then we were willing to talk about it. And as we did, we started realizing how many people have lost babies, you know, or miscarriages or different things. And uh, and for and and then we noticed, uh, wow, this is a gift to open this discussion because many of the people we talk to, you know, they're like, you know what, I I don't I never talk about this, but because you brought it up, hey, let's let's talk about it. And you, uh, it's really, you know, uh, vulnerability has really become a big, which wasn't a thing for me. It was always a, be tough, get through the, you know, as part of that hard work mentality. So I just want to. Uh, honor you taking this to to share and you know and like you and like you said my your story is your story someone else might have something drastically different it might even seem worse but it, it's not in that moment because for you that was like the worst thing you know and so so I want to honor that and then I'm curious um, you know was if we zoom in just one one more step uh further it, when you left that you know and i've heard this before like a window of time passes so that uh thankful so thankful for that child's bike right and then that window passed then the next day did you just wake up and say oh it's not that bad let me try something else or what was the the next day if you could just continue the story cuz other people might be thinking about this so i'm just curious you know yeah for me i I didn't know, I still didn't know my purpose. That was really it for me, Steve. It was, I don't know why I'm here on this earth. And so, see, because prior to that moment, I thought I was here to, you know, be an entertainer, be a movie star or whatever. And that dream was not going anywhere. Right. I mean, I just, I wasn't getting any jobs. It was just failure, 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 rejection, rejection, rejection. And I just, I wasn't happy at all. See, if you look at the, the the movie stars who made it, you know, the Harrison Ford's, Matthew McConaughey, or people like that, 
uh, Matt Damon, they always talk about just the constant rejection. So that's part of it as you're starting out in your career. Right. And, but they realized that they were just going to do it no matter what. I didn't have that kind of commitment to that. Yeah. You know, and so I was getting rejected and I was just miserable. So that can be a clue for everyone, again, watching and listening to this program is if, yeah, because I'll give you another example of what I'm talking about. Uh, my good friend, Jack Canfield, who I, I know we know and, and yep. a good friend, um, he talks about with Chicken Soup for the Soul, right? That when he uh, had the idea for Chicken Soup for the Soul, that he went to different publishers to see if they wanted to publish his book. Hey guys, I, you know, I got this idea for the book, Chicken Soup for the Soul. Well, he was rejected by the first publisher, by the second, the third, the fifth, the 10th, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. He was rejected 144 times before he ever got his first yes. So what does this mean for you, for everyone listening? It means that when you have a, a, a real purpose, a real mission that really is inside of you, I think that at the beginning, for most of us, we're still going to get rejected a lot. But there's something inside of you that says, okay, I'm going to take that rejection and I'm just going to be stronger. Yeah. But if you're not on the right path, then that rejection just takes you into that depths of despair. That's what happened to me because I was not on the path that was really right for me. Um, and so now that I, you know, when I went, so the, to answer your question directly, you know, the very next day after that happened, I said, I got to find where I'm here on the start. Because I am very unhappy trying to be an actor, a movie star. I just, I'm miserable and I'm going to get, I mean, I mean, I know I'm going to keep getting rejected. So this is next. So I literally just studied books. I just went to the library and I just devoured every spiritual book that I could, like I shared earlier, you yeah. know, and those teachers, Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, Ernest Holmes. And I also found a church for me that was really, that spoke to my soul. Uh, at at that time, you know, and it was it was a church, a North Hollywood Church of Religious Science, and it was it, it was a different message than I grew up because I was raised Catholic, which for me was saying nothing you ever do is going to be enough. <laughs> that everything you know, you're not enough. No matter what you do, you're not enough. And I believe that because that's what I was raised. And and going to this different church, I said, you know, they were the, the message was well, God is right where you are. And I'm like, what? I thought God hated me, you know? And, and, and really, yeah. I really thought that, right. believed that, because that's basically what, that's what I took out of it anyway, you know, growing up. So my point is, for everyone listening, what this means for you, find that community, find that connection, whether it's with one person, whether it's a coach, a mentor, whether it's a church, a community, a, a Facebook group, a, a, a meetup group, whatever. So because we're all on this journey Together, there's 7 billion of us, but yet so many people feel alone. And it just doesn't have to be that way, but you've got to reach out. So for me, that's what it was, finding that community. It was a church for me. And that was what got me out of that. And, and studying those, those spiritual teachers, that really was what put me on the path that I'm on now. And just to finish that other, uh, to, to make this other point is I faced a ton of rejection in this industry. I mean, ton, tons of rejections, plenty of, you know, I still get rejected. But the point is, I know I'm on the right path. So it doesn't really hurt as much. It's it like stepping over. It doesn't, but it doesn't hurt as much. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, there, there's going to be points, but you're like stepping over it. There's no question about the direction. It's right. just, that's where it goes back to the path. And, and so what I'm hearing, and just to, to reiterate this, to have a little bit of an echo and to pinpoint a couple of things that I heard you say is, 
you know, and, and this is one thing I think that, especially as, as uh, men, you know, like I know when I grew up, it wasn't okay to express your feelings or those things that definitely wasn't okay. That was uh, expressed uh, to be uh, a feminine thing. And, you know, and I think, you know, Hey, uh, women uh, are really smart beings and they can do a lot of things and they also have feelings. And so do men, you know, and it's like both sides. And so what I look at with what you're saying is just, noticing our feelings. And, and I think I went through a similar period, uh, obviously totally different story and I won't go into it right now, but just the idea of noticing your feelings. And I think that's what, you know, both men and women on this planet, we forsake that it's like our nerve endings. I often say, it's like, if you put your hand towards a hot fire, it's going to pull away. And then here you are on the wrong path. Life is throwing a fire in your face and it's like burning you, you, you know, you're like, ah, oh, you know, and I always say life kind of nudges you, it'll tap you. And then when you don't listen, it finally slaps you, right? You know, it's like the universe is telling you this stuff. And I think it's with that uncomfort. And that's why for one of our company core values is fun. If we're not enjoying what we're doing, it's an indicator that we're sacrificing. And then why are we sacrificing? You know, like what, you know, go into that whole thing, like you just expressed, what is your purpose? And when you find that, then there's an unstoppable feeling no matter what comes in your life. And so I think that's why I wanted to echo this. I think it's so important if we take, uh, you know, there's many things to take away from the story, the, the couple stories you've told so far. And the one I'm hearing loud and clear is, you know, notice your feelings. You know, if you're miserable, that's probably the world telling you, hey, there's another way for you, you know? Yeah. yeah. It, many, many of us have accepted just being unhappy as, well, that's the way life is. And I did for years, years, years and years. I'm just, it's okay to be unhappy and that's life, you know, cause you look around and let's be honest, most people are pretty unhappy, you know, right. but then I was like, wait a minute, do I want to be normal? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is that the goal here? I'm like, cause normal's not great. Normal is like bad mostly, you know, and no, I'd rather be abnormal and be happy. So, you know, you got to pick one, man. And so, yeah, you know, and, and on this entrepreneurial journey that, that we're on, and for everyone, again, watching this program, you know that it, it can be very weird, like to go to a, a class reunion or, or a family reunion, and you're the only one and you're like the outlier. And it can be really weird because, you know, if you don't have a, a nine to five job, then it can just be, you, you don't quite fit in. So I, I will just want to say again, you do fit in, but maybe not over there. Maybe you need to find that that community, whether it's that meetup group, that Facebook group, that that coaching club, or whatever it might be, uh, you know, that, that's why we have all of those. You know, at, at yeah. successclinic.com, we we offer all those because because I felt so alone, and I know Emerson said what is most personal is most universal, and so I know that if I felt alone for most of my life, probably a lot of people are feeling that too. That's why we have all these resources available for people. So let's pause real quick and take a break, and we'll be right back. I just want to give a big shout out to Pro Audio Voices. They help me with all of my podcasts and Becky and her team are just amazing. I've known them for years, even before I started my podcast. And that's why she was my go-to because not only does she help me sound great and produces the podcast, so it's easy for me. I can do what I do best. I do the speaking and the interviewing, and then they do all that background work to help get the podcast out there in the right way with the highest quality. But on top of that, what makes it most critical to me, for those of you that know me, wow clients are important, wow relationships are important, and working with Becky and her team is definitely wow. I get an amazing experience. I get to work with amazing people. 
a lot of love and hugs. Let's put it that way. So if you want to work with great people and you want to get a podcast out and you want to let go of all the technology and the way that it's recorded so you can do what you do best, then you definitely want to get a hold of Pro Audio Voices. And it's ProAudioVoices.com and you'll be able to reach Becky and her team and be able to let go of all that stuff so you can do what you do best and then delegate the rest. It's so good, Noah, and and so grateful for what you bring to the planet and and why I wanted to have you on the show. And, and I have a sign back there, but it's too small for you to read. But it says life is about finding your kind of crazy people, you're kind of crazy. You know, and that's the thing, is like what is normal and really it's just a collective of finding people that are like-minded. And now we're in the day and age where, you know, when you and I grew up. You, it was who's in your neighborhood and all this. Right. Now you can be global. And, and because I speak and teach around the world like you, my son, one of his best friends lives in Sydney, Australia. It's not, and if we're in California, so it's not like, hey dad, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to ride my bike over to my friend's house. It's like, hey dad, when do you think we could fly to Sydney? <laughs> you know, it's like, we're right. in this global world. So why I bring that up is it's much easier. You might be the only one in your little town that's like you, but we, you and I both know there are others and, and you can find people you're kind of crazy. It might look crazy in your town, but then it's completely normal somewhere else. So, so coming back to this path, That's right. you know, okay, let's say, you know, your purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So we got through that step, right. Then, then it still can get uncomfortable. And that, that's where I still notice my feelings. And I love your interpretation of this. Then that's why I always say, okay, don't give up on your dream. It's kind of like you, you said there was many rejections and I'll bet, even if you didn't know at the time, and I didn't know when this was happening to me, each of those rejections was like a dead end. And then instead of trying to break down that wall, which I tried, believe me, I tried mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, did it hurt. Right. Then it was like, oh, go on this path, you can still get there. Like, you know, from my house in California to your house, uh, on the other side of the country here, we could, um, I could take many roads to get there. And I think what happened for me, and I think many other entrepreneurs and, and executives is that we've, we fix on a plan and then we get, we just focus on that road, even though we find out later that that road was abandoned, a new interstate was built like a years earlier and it would be just nicer to go there. So when, when someone knows they're on path, how would you put that? Like, how do you start to notice the nuances to navigate through still what could be painful? Yes, absolutely. You know, what, what's so amazing about what you just said, I love what you just shared because you can't turn on social media these days without some new guru coming along and saying, Hey man, here's the next coolest thing. Right. And I made 7 billion kajillion dollars doing this, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I mean, and there he's front of his Lambo and, you know, the private jet and all this stuff. And it's like, hey, man, look how cool. And you're like, oh, man, I want that. All right, let's try that. And you go down that road and it's like, wait a minute, they, they didn't really say anything. What what the heck is this? You know, and then you're like, oh, man. And so then you, there's the next guy and the next Lambo and the this and the that. Now, I'm not putting down nice things. We all want to have nice things. Right. We all want to have take care of our families and go on fun trips and vacations and, and whatever. But what I am saying is this, that. What I see, one of the big, big problems that I see people doing, entrepreneurs, you know, people who want to have that impact, that influence, and that income, is they're just running around trying every new marketing hack under the sun. And you just get, there's 20, 30, 50, 100 a day. And we are just absolutely on overwhelm. Most of the people who hire me. Uh, you know, that's one of the first things that they say to me, Noah, where do I start? There's just so much out there. 
what do I do? So a big, big thing that we do with our, with our group coaching, with our one-on-one coaching, and you know, again, even when I'm speaking at virtual trainings for conferences, for companies, associations, is, is clearing out the clutter. And we say, listen, I, I, what is it that you want? <laughs> okay, yeah. let's go back to what which we started this conversation of, what is it you want? Yeah. All right, what is your destination? And, and forget about all the noise, which is easier said than done because there's a lot of noise, right? right? And a lot, a, lot noise. a lot of squirrels, a lot of squirrels, right? Like, whoa, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> a lot of squirrels. And see, that's another thing about being an entrepreneur is a lot of times you hear, uh, entre- I hear this all the time, I'm sure everybody listening to this program, watching has heard this too, is, oh, I have entrepreneurial ADD, right? I'm sure we've all heard that right, phrase, right, right. entrepreneurial, you know, meaning I can't focus on one thing at a time. And I'm, I'm here to call bull on that. I, I really don't believe that's actually a thing. Now, I know that's very controversial, but just listen to my point. Here's what I think. When you find something that works, do you stop doing it or do you keep doing it? Hopefully, you keep doing it, right? But that's the thing. What happens is you try the thing and it doesn't work out the way the gurus say because they, it never works out the way they say, right? Because they're like, oh, you just flip the switch and money pours in. Really? Oh, okay. Let's try that, right? Right. Uh, no, it doesn't. But I mean, that's what they make it sound like, right? So you you do, you try it and it's like, oh man, it didn't really work the way that they said. So you go, oh, I'll just throw that away and I'll try something else, try something else, try something. So it's literally like you keep hitting a home run and, and stopping on first base, you know? It's like, well, wait a minute. Why don't we keep doing this thing. Going back to my Jack Canfield story, you know, imagine if he would have gotten that one rejection said, Oh, I guess I'm not meant to write a book. Okay. Yeah. I'll write, let me, what else should I do? Right. I mean, one, two, how many of us can honestly say we'd keep going after the 10th rejection, 20th, 30th, 50th, 100th, 120, 140 rejections and keep going. Right. You see, that's why we're talking about Jack Canfield, right? Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is you've got to understand that it, it's very, very rare to have the first thing work out the first time, but you've got mm-hmm. to realize that if you would just keep going, usually the thing tends to work because there's a thousand ways to make money. 10,000. How many? I don't know how many. There's thousands of ways. I've interviewed and I've helped people. I've coached people. There's just so many ways. And, and technically, kind of everything works if you think about it. You know, there's this guy does Facebook marketing. This guy does YouTube. This guy does Twitter. This guy does Pinterest. I mean, there's a million of them. And technically, they all work, but they none of them are going to work if you just go uh, 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 and and just yeah. hit a home run and stop on first base. So I would just say keep plugging away, and and but also do get that coaching, get that mentorship, get get some help, get some outside eyes on your project. So that way you could say, well, wait a minute, am I going in the right direction? Am I am I following directions? Or am I going off base here? That's what a coach or a mentor can help you with. One thing that they can help you with. 100%. And I think that was the toughest part for me. Uh, uh, there's some similarities in our stories. You know, I, it wasn't uh, like, so I grew up in Silicon Valley and there was a lot, you know, during that period of time, the 70, 70s and 80s that were like, oh my gosh, craziness, right? All these, you know, it was Silicon Valley, right? You hear all the stuff about Apple, all that stuff was happening. My dad was in a meeting when Steve Jobs was pitching Hewlett Packard and they said, no, they turned wow. him down, you know? So before, so that's what's happening. So my dad uh, was, was crazy hard worker. And we did have, you know, uh, you know, middle-class life, but was always going to go broke. Like they knew how to make the money and there was always, so like, there was this thing of me 
you know, and, and I, I said, okay, I'm not going to be my dad. Cause my dad always worked for all these companies. And I wish I had a dad. Cause I would go to bed at night. He would still be working. I'd wake up in the morning. He would be already up to the next day. And I'm grateful for what he gave us. You know, we had a house and all those things, but we didn't have him. He gave his whole life to have that you know, place. So fast forward and why I'm bringing this up right now is that I, I went and built a, I started a company at 19 and then I wish I could tell you, I figured it out quickly going to your point, but no, by the time fast forward to 31 and now I'm married and I have my first child and I still haven't figured it out. And I'm looking at myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm worse than my dad. I'm working so hard to not work and that doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't work. And it was uh, hitting all those things and it was getting a mentor. That's why I brought this up. It was because, and I, and you know, the thing is I didn't even ask for it. Someone dragged me to a workshop and I was like, are you crazy? If I'm not working, I should be with my son. Why am I going to go to a workshop? That was my mentality. And then I, I saw this man on stage share exactly what I was going through and how he overcame it. And I'm like, what? This exists? And you know, when I speak to youth now, I've been asked to speak at high schools. And one teacher asked me, he said, Steve, uh, the, there was a teacher that asked the last question. He's like, last question. If you could say two words to your high school self, what would you say? And I said, get mentors. And I was like, oh my gosh, did I just say that? I had to like cover my mouth. I'm like, but that's it. Get mentors. If I would have known that at 19, but you know, I know I was meant to go through that. Noah, as you know, there are things we were meant to go through and it gave me the contrast. Cause at 19, if I would have figured it out, I'd probably be like, what's your problem? It's really easy. Right. So I had to, you know, notice the yin and the yang. Right. Um, and it's, um, and so to your, to your point, it's, it's, I love what we're, where we come so far, you know, like, okay, know your purpose, because if you don't, then yeah. life is going to be miserable. And then even when you get on that path, then knowing that there are many paths to get there. And when it hurts, don't stay on that road. You know, I, I don't know what you, if you would want to add something to that, like, cause I'm kind of just getting a, a I love to boil to these essence and it is core, you know, you like your uh, one other thing. And then I'll let you answer. I, I, you know, we have so many things that have quick fix, quick fix. And, and especially in the United States of America, people want to take the pill of this or that. But you know what we're talking about right now is fundamental. It's like Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And that book, you brought it up. It changed my life because at, when I finally read that book, it was like, oh my gosh, you get to choose. Because what was that book? A story after story of adversity. And then the folks who chose not to, to let that be their life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that you know that is of course a classic and Dale Carnegie uh, how to win friends and influence people you know I think everyone should read the classics there are classics for a reason right. uh, asking it is given as a man thinketh all of uh, seven habits of highly effective people I mean these are things that I think even if you've read them you might want to revisit them um, you know because of how how foundational how powerful and how crucial they are and, and so that's what you were talking about Steve is you know when the thing is painful you know, you've got to realize that probably somebody else has gone through it. For, I'll give you a quick example. You know, people ask me all the time, how have you written 15 books? How have you published 15 books, you know, from, from a Hay House book? And then, you know, we self-published the book of uh, Head Trash and then Nightingale Conan, Power Habits, and on and on and on, and Chicken Soup for the Soul, published my first book. How have you done that? And I always answer, well, I did it by doing it. You know, a lot of people have that book inside of them. But because they're allowing themselves to get distracted by all the noise, they just don't do it. Right. So, you know, when I sit down to write a book and, you know, literally mark 
uh, map out the whole promotional process, which, you know, if you, for those of you who've ever published a book or dream of publishing a book, I mean, it, it takes anywhere from a year to, to 18 months to really do it right. Not that it takes that long to write the book, but it take, we're talking about the promotion and the marketing of the book, you know, right. writing for me is actually pretty easy, even though for most people it's can be really hard, but, um, but the marketing is hard, <laughs> you know, the promotional part the marketing. And that, that could be years, years. Yeah. The marketing. Yeah. Well, exactly. And, and really it's ongoing. And, and that's one of the great things about having a book. Let me just talk on that for a second is that it lasts forever. So like, for example, when you have a, let's say you have a movie, you know, and, and a movie comes out and you see all the commercials for the movie. Right. And then once it's out, you don't see those commercials anymore because it's like, it's not new anymore. Well, but look at the classics that I just talked about, you know, think and grow rich, uh, how to win friends and influence people, seven habits of high effective people. These are still selling tens of thousands of copies year after year after year. Why? Because they're good because, you know, people love them because they help people. So your book should be that can be that. And, and that's the thing. I mean, I still have people who are buying my earlier books that I published over 10 years ago. And they, and I just got, you know, I just got somebody wrote me on Instagram yesterday. Hey, no, I picked up your book, Secret Code of Success. And it's awesome. I published that book over 10 years ago, you know, and I'm like, great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, you know, I, I, I'm glad you like it. And I got some new ones too, if you want. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. Right. But, but that's the thing, you know, I think that people, you know, Jay Abraham talks about this all the time that you're not in it for today. You're in it for forever. And, and I heard that interview with him and Tony Robbins years ago. And that was really affected me because when I heard that, I said, wow, you know, because as you stated, we're all, you know, Americans tend to be, I mean, particularly Americans, but probably a lot of other people too, you know, want the quick fix, want the, the magic bullet, which doesn't exist. It just doesn't. And so, but that doesn't mean you can't take, uh, get help from somebody that's done it. You know, like, for example, people hire me when they want to publish a book, when they want to have an online course, when they want to build their sales funnel, when they want help with traffic or marketing or mindset or habits. I mean, these are things that I've help thousands of people with because I've done it for two decades, you know, right. but it, it goes even before that, you know, like I said, I, I've been studying this for over 40 years. My point being is that for everyone out there, you have something, a gift to give to the world, but if you don't package it up and then learn how to sell it and market it, then it's just going to, it's going to, I hate to say it this way, it was going to die with you. And, and that's what we don't want. You know, if I had taken my own life, all of this that I've been able to share, that I've been very blessed and privileged to share, would have died with me. And and so I'm glad I'm here too. I mean, I'm, I'm very, I feel very, very happy and grateful that that I didn't take my own life back then. But I also want people to realize that in order to get that music out of you, that the stories, the books, the the online courses, the programs, the coaching. You, you will have to do things that are different. We all know the definition of insanity. Keep doing the same thing and hoping for a different result. So for those people who are open to a new way, you know, again, I just want to reiterate that help is available. Reach out. You've got to, it, it's there, but you've got to take that step and allow yourself to take advantage of it because it is there and it's there for you to get better, to have better results in your life, your business, your relationships, your health. All of that is available. It's so um, it's so beautiful, no. And I love the the pinpointing the different. It it is just different. And I I often get quoted, and I know a lot of my team and a lot of my clients they 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 uh, love this quote that I say. You know, success doesn't always feel normal 
because whatever was normal for you and then you're reaching for your success. And most of us think about when you're reaching for what you don't have yet, then how do you know what it feels like? And then when you step into that, I've seen people, they're stepping into their success and they go, oh, something's wrong. And I'm like, no, it's just different. You know, so I love that you highlighted that. And I guess, uh, you know, as you found your your purpose and you started driving forward, how, how do you best notice, you know, for those listeners and, but I'm just curious, what, uh, what are the indicators for you? Like now, cause now that you've been doing this so long, how do you notice when you're on path or off path? What's your, what's your quickest way to indicate that for yourself? I, I think there are two ways, Steve. And, and I think uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, you know, watching this program can really relate to this. I look for inner clues and outer clues. So the inner clues would be feelings like we've been talking about, you know, how do I just, how do I feel now? This is tricky because as you just stated, and this is something I've been teaching my clients for many, many years is as you become more successful, as you're walking up that spiral staircase of success is what I call it. You're, you're going to have, it's going to feel uncomfortable at first. Why? Because you haven't been there before. It's like going to another country and you're like, Hmm, I don't speak this language. This is really weird, but there's people there who speak the language, right? Mm -hmm. So that's another reason to have a mentor because someone has the perspective that can help you and say, no, you're doing fine. It's okay. It's okay to feel those feelings. So that's the inner clues. But then the outer clues are pretty obvious and those are called, you know, profit, money, (laughs) you know? And so like if something's working, like for example, we have, uh, you know, we have these ad campaigns, which I'm sure you know, we all have ad campaigns running, right? You can see it's pretty obvious. Is the thing working or not? Is, you know, it, 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 does it cost less to get a customer than that customer makes me? And if it, if the, if the uh, cost to acquire a customer is higher than the cost of that or, or the value of that customer, well, then you've got a problem there. So that right. is an outer clue, right? To say, hmm, maybe I need to adjust my offer. Maybe I need to adjust, you know, my targeting, whatever. So, I mean, that's a very, very specific point, but that's what I, I mean, to answer your question, those are the kind of clues that I look for, the inner clues, which are those feelings type of things. And I, I just can't stress enough how important it is to have a mentor because you could be feeling weird, uncomfortable, strange, even scared, and yet you're doing it exactly right. You know, you're like this, you're, you're fine. And sometimes we just need that other person, that outside perspective to look at you and say, yeah, you're, you're doing fine. You're right on track, you know, or to say, well, you might be off track, right? You know, you might want to try this adjustment or that adjustment. For most people, it's so funny. And this is what I say about marketing all the time. The thing that sucks about marketing is if you miss by an inch, you miss by a mile. Yeah, That's what sucks because you could just be so good and just have one thing missing and, you, and it flops. Right. And you, and sometimes you just don't know what the heck it is. It's like, man, I'm pulling my hair out. What? The, and, and again, that mentor can come in and go, oh, it's right there. You're like, ah, seriously, I didn't even see that. Right. Because right. you're too close to it. So 100%. that's another great reason to have a coach mentor. And very, very important. It is a guide, you know, like uh, just to bring a metaphor to what you just said, you know, have you, we've all, I think many of us have been to corn mazes. Have you ever done that? Like during sure. the holiday, yes. uh, the Halloween yes. months or whatever. I, yes. yeah, so I've taken the kids uh, quite a few times and one year they had this gigantic one and they, they built this catwalk that went over so you could watch people in the maze. Nice. It was crazy. It was the only time I've ever seen that. And yeah. they're like, don't go up there until you've gone through. It's a spoiler, right? You know, so 
you go through and it was one of the hardest ones too. I was like, I was even wondering, are we going to get out of here? You know, it was, it was, uh, uh, it was going to start to get dark. And I was like, okay, we found our way out. We go up on the catwalk and then we could see people getting stuck right where they're. And I had two experiences from that one. I had gone through the maze. So I had a little bit more awareness, which a lot of mentors have. And sometimes, but I, I bet I would have put money on it that if I went up on the catwalk and I had not gone through the maze, I still could have directed people because I had that different perspective. And that's what happens with ourselves. It's really hard to look in the mirror and coach ourselves. You know, every once in a while, like you and I have both done, we can read books, but then again, we're getting a mentor without meeting them, right? We're getting those ideas in our head and we're giving it a try, but there's nothing that beats getting on the phone with someone or meeting them. And then, um, then you get like what you just said, you either get confirmation that you're in the right direction and it's just that's what's normal and you didn't know it or two you're on the wrong path and it's nice to know it a lot quicker who wants to go all the way down the road and have to turn back and you know start over you know so i'm <laughs> i'm 100% with you like one of the best things i did in my life in fact to just iterate this one step further in my 20s like i told you i worked really hard well what i didn't even realize during that time i lost 4 million dollars I made and lost $4 million in my 20s. And when I met my mentor at 31, I felt like a complete loser. I'm like, I'm an idiot. Look at me, like here I am. And I, and I, and being in Silicon Valley didn't help because you have all these other people that became millionaires and like they had one website, like you said, in the 90s that hit it off. And I'm like, oh, I'm just a loser. I, I, I can't figure this out. And, uh, and then I started to realize that how great, he's like, how many people lose $4 million in their 20s? And I was like, Oh yeah, I finally had something to be grateful for. And then I quickly, then he quickly showed me that I wasn't that far off. It's like you said with the marketing, it was like, just tweak that. And it was like, oh, you can do that. And it's like, oh, you know, and so I, I, I'm with you. I, it's one of my best keynote speeches. Like when I'm, you know, is teaching people how I changed my life, having a mentor, you know, that's right. Um, but I guess what what is triggered through all these stories is like, how do you find a mentor? That just popped in my head. Like, you know, because people might be listening to this like, oh, great. And, you know, you, you know, you got to meet Jack Canfield and have help with your first book or this, or I got dragged to a workshop and met my mentor. But like, there's probably a lot of people out there like, how the heck do I find a mentor? Well, let, let me give you a quick example of how that works. I was speaking at an event in Los Angeles for about a thousand entrepreneurs. I had just finished speaking. I was walking off the stage and a man came up to me from the audience and he practically grabbed me by the shoulders. He said, Noah, I want you to be my coach. You are the coach I've been looking for. Now, I didn't know this man from Adam. Ironically, his name was Adam. <laughs> no way. <laughs> okay, well, what's going on? He said, Noah, I'm totally stuck. I'm only making four million a year. Of course, I had to laugh, right? I mean, like four million years, that doesn't sound too bad, right? I said that to him. I said, that doesn't sound like a problem. He said, no, no, I'm the CEO of this company and we grew to four million in revenues really fast, but we have been stuck. We've been plateaued for the last four years and we haven't grown at all. And he said, as soon as I heard you speak about, you know, the inner game and head trash and foot on the brake, everything you just said, he said, something inside me said, this is the coach I've been looking for. So he literally hired me on the spot. I worked with him for about a year and a half to two years in that Time frame, his company went from being stuck at four million for the previous four years to over twenty million dollars in sales. Now, how did I do that? By doing everything that we've been talking about in this program. You know, going into the inner game, the outer game, looking at his habits, his mindset, but also the marketing, the positioning, everything. And that was what was it had enabled him to literally get out of his own way. So, 
what does this mean for everyone listening? It means that, you know, you can meet your mentor online. You know, there are virtual conferences right now going on. Like we have a virtual conference called onlinebusinessretreat.com where I teach you in two days how to master your inner game and outer game of success. So we talk about habits and mindset. And then we also talk about marketing and sales. So, you know, there's, there's really not many places we can get both, but that's just one example. You can find them anywhere. You can go to Facebook groups, meetup groups. It doesn't necessarily have to be in person right now. Of course, right. a lot of things are virtual, but what's wrong with that? You can have, you can have a coach who is on the other side of the world. I coach a lot of people in Australia, in Germany, in Europe, the UK, as well as the US and Canada. My point being the help is available. That's where you can find just, I mean, frankly, worst case, just do a Google search. Find a mentor in marketing, find a mentor in mindset, in habits, in growing my business, whatever it might be, that might be a great place to start. And of course, listen to programs like this. Absolutely. So it's just continue seeking. It goes back to what you started this show with, reading as many books as you could. And, and you know, that's where I'm at now. Like when I first read books, I would think that they were so far out of reach. But now when I read a book, I'm like, I'm going to call this person. This is brilliant. Right. I want to meet this person. Right. And, and then you know what? And no matter who you are listening to this right now, they're probably available because look at people like you and me, Noah, we've learned so much in our life. And then when people call and say, Hey, I'd like you to help me with that. What do you and I mostly say? Yes. Sure. You know, and we have okay. different ways, you know, some people uh, can afford maybe some one-to-one, some people come to one of your classes. And so you're much like me, we have a whole different ways, or maybe they just spend 20 bucks and read one of your books. You know, so like there's like there's an opportunity at every price point. And to your point, it could be free. It could be listening to this program. So start wherever your price point is and then allow uh, yourself to know whoever's out there in the world. There's chances are a lot of successful people. People think that they're jerks. And you know what I found the opposite more. There are. I'm not saying there aren't. You and I both know there are people we won't hang out with probably not, you know, not because we want to just push them away, but just that it's not fun. And then there are people that care like you and uh, we're, we're there. So I think, you know, just keep looking, just iterating on what you said, just keep looking and, 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 and it goes back to what you did. Grab as many books as you can, you know? So. And online courses and, and yes. calls and, and meetups and whatever you can. I mean, with that connection is priceless. The connections are priceless. So, you know, I, I think books are a great place to start, but let's be honest, they can really only take you so far. You've got to implement. Sometimes you need that handholding. You need those questions answered. I get a lot, a lot of people who hire me who say, I've tried all this other, I've tried everything. You know, they name every guru and it's like, I'm still stuck. And so, you know, we're able to get them unstuck. We're able to get them to, you know, that destination that they were looking for, like that story of Adam, you know, that I just shared with you. He, I mean, he, we blew away all of his expectations. He was hoping to just double, we increased his business by six times yeah, in that's less amazing. than two years, just because of following, you know, my methods. And, and I want to just let people know, again, the help is out there and go take it, get it, take advantage of it. It's there. Don't be, don't be scared. <laughs> that's, that's it. And you know, the books, it, 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 it's almost sophomoric sometimes, you know, some, so there are people out there that could read one of our books, one of my books or one of your books, and then they could go run with it, yes. but they're the smallest percentage, right? <laughs> Most people, they go try and they're like, oh, that thing doesn't work. 
But really, again, it was the little bit of tweaking and that's yes. where the Q&A, that's where the connection comes. And let's face it, you and I wouldn't be on this call together right now if we didn't get out there at events. That's how that's we right. met as a, at events. And then we saw each other at multiple events and I'm like, <laughs> I like Noah. He's got, because you and I have so many similars. Like every story you told, I could tell a story that so, we have so much overlap and it's so beautiful to see your success, see how much you're helping people right now and uh, and that you have so much available for folks to help. And we'll definitely put that in the show notes and the things you mentioned. So if folks want to get in touch with you, that is amply available. And 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 thank you for your service because you know we need you know this is what we need. We need people to keep helping. And you know, there are a lot of people, I guess in in closing as we wrap this up, is that you know, they're they're especially 2020. You know, we know there are people are waking up. Like we said, some people are depressed. Some people might be feeling like that day that you got in your car and looking for a garage, you know, and we know that's happening and, and we're here, you know, and I know if you reach out to me or you reach out to Noah and there are many others out there that want to help. So I think, um, this has been a beautiful conversation. I can't uh, express my gratitude enough, Noah, for you coming on the show and sharing your stories and being vulnerable and allowing uh, others to hear you so they can hopefully find the direction for themselves. So thank you for being on the show today, Noah. My pleasure, Steve. Beautiful. All right, everyone. So it's another great show and we uh, look forward to having you on the next one. And as always, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenopleton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. And we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenopleton.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenopleton.com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.